0: Hey everyone, welcome to Root of the Cause Radio. In this episode, I'll be giving an intro primer to basic blood sugar physiology, covering things such as what glucose is and how it's made, what is insulin and its role in blood sugar, what is GLUT4 in its role, GLP in its role, and much more. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition, and it's not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Root of the Cause podcast is solely informational in nature, so please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatments that we discuss on the show. So I thought I'd kick off the show by doing a little blood sugar series. So I personally feel that blood sugar stability is one of the more critical and foundational pieces of the wellness and fitness puzzle. Having said that, I thought, you know, what better topic to kickstart this show than discussing blood sugar? Now, in some future episodes, I do plan on getting into, you know, some blood chemistry markers in relation to blood sugar. But before I do that, I wanted to just, you know, cover some concepts so that in time, when I do go over those markers, they'll make more sense to you guys and you'll appreciate them even more. So I'm not going to go into the detail of every enzymatic process, nor go into all the various physiological steps into how glucose is made, or how insulin is released, you know, right now anyway. Although I I may decide to do that down the road at some point, however. But for now, I'm going to lay out some basic blood sugar physiology concepts to start. So let's start with glucose. What is glucose? So glucose is a monosaccharide. So let's say Let's just sort of give an example, and I'm going to sort of help break this down so it makes more sense. Let's say we eat some starch, say a potato. That would be a polysaccharide, so poly meaning many, saccharide meaning sugar. And by way of some complex enzymatic processes, that saccharide or starch then gets broken down into a disaccharide. And an example of that would be lactose or sucrose, and eventually uh, the there are these what are called brush border enzymes that are the, the reside in the small intestines. They release their respective enzymes and then break down uh, those disaccharides to form glucose. Now, before I continue, I want to briefly talk about insulin. So most of you are already familiar with insulin, but I'm going to just give a, sort of a brief overview Um. Insulin is a peptide hormone, and it's produced in the beta cells of the pancreas, and it's considered to be the main anabolic hormone of the body. Now, when I say peptide hormone, think of sort of any hormone made from the waist up that's made of amino acids, and, you know, compare that to steroid hormones, which are made basically in the waist down and made of cholesterol. So think, you know, steroid hormone, sex hormone, waist down the waist up, amino acid-based hormone, peptide hormone, um, which would be insulin in this case. Now, most people strictly think of insulin as a blood sugar hormone, but it's also an extremely anabolic hormone as well, which I will get into in greater detail in a future episode. But for our purposes in this episode, just know it facilitates glucose getting into cells, particularly skeletal muscle cells and adipocytes, also known as fat cells. Now, it's it's a signaling hormone in that it signals to what are called GLUT4 vesicles to translocate to the membrane to facilitate glucose from entering the cell. So, I know that sounded like a mouthful, and I'm going to explain this. So, remember, glucose is water soluble, and as a result, is unable to pass through the lipid membrane of a cell. So, lipid meaning fat. So, the cells are sort of have this uh, lipid sort of bilayer that won't allow glucose to enter without a facilitator or facilitation. Now, so put it, to put it simply, glucose can't enter the cell without a helper. It's needy, if you will. GLUT4 is that helper and insulin calls upon it to help out. Now the cells have that fatty layer bilayer and that surrounds them and glucose is water soluble and not fat soluble. That's why the GLUT4 transporter is critical for entry. So picture like little tubes that come out of the cell in the presence of insulin allowing glucose in to sort of take a ride on those GLUT4 vesicles, if you will. Now, here's an interesting fact. What enables the GLUT4 transporter to translocate to the membrane allowing glucose into the cell in the absence of insulin? It's actually weight training, just lifting weights. So this is, this is why lifting weights is so valuable for blood sugar stability. So skeletal muscle contraction, also known as lifting weights, induces the GLUT4 vesicles to translocate to the membrane, allowing glucose into the cell in the absence of insulin. And, and you know, as I st- said before, this is why weight training, you know, particularly in those who have blood sugar issues is so important critical and beneficial. So let's get into insulin secretion, right? So we have what's known as a first phase insulin response and a second phase insulin response. So the first phase happens just two minutes upon ingestion of carbohydrate, which is just mind-blowing to me, right? The body just senses saccharides and gives the pancreas a heads up to release insulin that You know, by the time glucose reaches the bloodstream, it already has some insulin just sort of waiting to be released. Now, the second phase insulin response is just insulin being sort of released on demand. But the thing is, without a strong first phase insulin response, blood sugar is going to rise higher than what one would expect given what they've eaten. And now the second phase insulin um, release is having to sort of play catch up. Now, why would someone have a blunted first phase insulin response causing a spike in blood sugar after eating? So there's a hormone made in the small intestine called GLP-1. And GLP-1 is one of the main hormones that help to signal to the beta cells to release insulin during the first phase. You can imagine if someone has, say, gut dysfunction, leaky gut, you know, parasites, etc., they may have poor GLP-1 output and thus a blunted first phase insulin response. So I'm gonna pose this question. Now, is there a way to test either directly or indirectly to assess how blunted or robust someone's first phase insulin response is? The answer is yes. So now that I've given that brief primer on blood sugar in the coming episodes, I'm gonna get into some of the various blood markers that could help guide you as to what your true blood sugar status may be. And hopefully this episode provided some foundational information that gave you a broader context so that the coming episodes will make more sense and hopefully become more actionable. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you like the content on today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. And until next time, take care, everyone. This podcast for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast is not endorsed, or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties for guests' qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.